Strong Life Coach podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joining the podcast studio by Christian Contreras. Christian, welcome to the show. Derek, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, I'm excited about our conversation. I think your passion is contagious. Everything you're putting on Instagram is where I first, I think I, I, was, uh, I ran across your profile and I figured this is one of those people I surely want to have on the show to showcase your passion and your focus. I want people to know a little bit about you. So let me give them a little breakdown. Uh, Christian Contreras is a civil rights attorney working out of Los Angeles. His focus is on supporting marginalized communities, especially the black and brown communities. So Christian, what inspired you to become an attorney? Well, the primary inspiration was essentially the common struggle that we have in primarily impoverished communities, you know, as someone who was formerly homeless when I was 11 or 12, I lived in Skid Row with my mother because she was in a tragic car accident. She was on the freeway and her car stalled. She was hit from behind by two vehicles, which caused uh, disc protrusions and disc spinal cord injuries on her spine, which paralyzed her permanently from the waist down. So mm -hmm. as a single child of a single mother, the only child, uh, she was a person who would actually contribute to the household and uh, pay for rent and, you know, things, everyday things that require money, unfortunately. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we had no other option. The, the only option was to go to a homeless shelter, a union rescue mission, where I have many memories. And uh, there is pretty much what built my character and also opened my eyes to what's going on in our communities, what's going on right in our backyards. And that's this common struggle, this suffering that many people go through, it's primarily black and brown people, but it's also a social, e social economic issue, which poor people pretty much suffer and go through so many things. So when I saw this as pretty much a tween, I was what, 11, 12, 13, mm -hmm. growing into adolescence, it was a difficult time, of course, but it inspired me to really do something where I could make a difference and not only make a difference, but empower people, inspire people, and actually give back to my community because there's just so much need. And law and becoming a lawyer is something that allowed me and empowered me as well to really give back to communities that need it because there aren't many advocates. Uh, you know, poor people can't really afford lawyers. So lawyers like myself who at times give uh, legal help and uh, help people pro bono is something that really allows people to have advocacy representation and that's my primary inspiration uh, to get into law and uh, really help others. And also, I'm just very curious as to the legal field and really how the law works in this country. And it's something that is intertwined in everything. Everything that is done in this world involves law and involves some sort of operation of law. And for that reason, and that understanding of how law works is what really what led me uh, to pursue a career in law. Got it. Okay. Um, I, I think that I'm, I'm inspired by, by the, the journey, um, even as you just shared. Um, I think your story speaks about perseverance, endurance, resilience, and uh, going through what you, what you described with your mom, you know, you know the, her going through that paralyzed situation because of the, the accident and then being homeless. Now, when I hear a story like yours, one, I'm inspired, you know, and I'm encouraged. I'm like, in when you when people ask you or when you hear about challenges people face how does that like shift 
your advice or your direction to people because your story very much is, hey, I've, I've been through challenging times, but I didn't let those challenges overcome, you know, overtake me. I overcame those challenges to continue to grow, improve, and succeed. Again, you're in a prestigious role as an attorney now. Like, what's your advice to people to get through some of those hard times? Well, my advice, it's two-pronged. So it's obviously the advice of the person that's going through that issue and then those outside looking in who see that person being challenged. So the first prong is the person in that situation. What really helped me is I knew there was an end. I knew my situation was not fixed. And when you're able to know that you could grow from something, that it's not permanent, that's something that is encouraging because you wake up every day and you know that everything you do throughout that day is adding to you growing and is allowing you to uh, persevere. So the only way to do that is work. I think mm -hmm. work is the bedrock of success, the bedrock of growth. So you really have to work towards it. You know, it's not going to be handed to you. So everyone does things in increments. You know, some people take huge steps. Some people take small steps. The important part is recognizing how big of a step you could take because you don't want to overwhelm yourself, but also you don't want to be complacent. So understanding yourself, understanding your capabilities is important because then you'll be able to have a plan. And once you have a plan in terms of how much work you need to put into something, then it's much easier to really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Hmm. Then the second prong is really those who are looking out in, into that person and thinking, why is that person challenged? I went through this and I was able to overcome it. Like for example, myself, I could say, okay, why is that person homeless? I was only homeless two years. And now look at me, I'm a lawyer. No, everyone is different. And I think really fundamental to compassion is understanding that every human is different. We're not robots, you know, we're all, we all have individual differences. So knowing that even though you went through something and you overcame it, doesn't necessarily mean that that person is going to overcome it as easily. And sure. understanding your privilege as well. I think one of my privileges is that I'm hardworking, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of smart a little bit. So mm -hmm. because of that, I'm able to do things well and I'm able to achieve goals easily. Unfortunately, not everyone is like me. Some people aren't as motivated. Some people even had trauma in their lives. You know, for me, I think the only trauma has been that my mom was in a car accident and the homelessness, but some people face abuse. Some people face mm -hmm. sexual abuse, you know, and that could be scarring. So people with those impediments and with that type of trauma, may not as easily overcome impediments. So when you're looking out in and you're looking at someone who is overcoming a challenge or facing a challenge, you need to understand that some people may not overcome it as easily as yourself or as others. And that is a bedrock uh, to compassion. Yes, I love that. And I love that you brought up compassion as well, because sometimes when you can achieve so much with the challenges you faced, it can lead to almost this is arrogance where I'm above you. Why aren't you? Why aren't you like me? Why aren't you doing what I'm doing? Why aren't you achieving and and accomplishing as I've done? But I love the the compassion and understanding every single person is different. They've been through different challenges, different trauma, even. Um, I, I love the notion. So I think when I'm hearing your story, though, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring like there's, there's going to be a book coming out soon. I mean, I mean, I think there has to be a book in your future with what you've been through and what you're seeing happen in your own life. Is that something you, you've thought about um, with uh, in, in your journey? 
I think it depends. Uh, if a book were to be written about me, it would only be in the first chapter because I just have so many aspirations and so many goals to fulfill that I don't think I've even gotten started on most of the goals that I really want to obtain. Mm -hmm. I think really at this stage of my life, everything that I've done has been to advance myself. Yes. But my life goal and my life journey is to advance others. So once I actually start seeing the results in my community, start seeing the results in others, that's when I know that I'm really making true advancements. Because like I said, you know, I've just advanced myself and my family uh, as of yet. So I think we're just beginning in my my story. So a book I, may, may be written, but, you know, we're, we're still just getting started. I like it. I like it. Now, uh, now, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? What I enjoy the most is I, I can't really tell what, because, you know, I, I think I've only had one day off this entire year. We're in December 23rd and I've only had one day off and it doesn't even feel like work. You know, I think that's probably the thing I enjoy the most. I don't really feel like I'm working. I don't wake up and I'm thinking, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. I wake up and I run to the office so I could get started on helping others. So what I enjoy most is really the reward of giving back and helping others uh, persevere through a difficult time. And that's really the most rewarding aspect of it. Hmm, I love that. I remember reading the concept that if you're passionate about what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And as I listen to you, I think you're the fulfillment of that. That, uh, that passion that you have for what you do, the enjoyment of what you do, um, even the idea of picking only one thing, you know, I, I, love, I love hearing people like that. And, and because in my world, you know, um, in the coaching world, I often have conversations with people and asking people how they're enjoying their career or their life. And it's often the opposite, you know, right? I, I estimate it's probably about 90% of people um, are extremely dissatisfied with their jobs. But to talk to somebody who... Um, who is very passionate and is enjoying so much of it to think about this, this year and saying, I've taken one day off. That is, that is remarkable. Um, now, now, now tell me, how did you decide to focus on civil rights? Well, I think it was just really intertwined with why I followed law or why mm -hmm. I decided to pursue law because, you know, there's different practice areas you have, commercial litigation, you have bankruptcy, family law, and these different areas of law, which an attorney could practice in, but which one is the one that really helps people the most? And civil rights, as well as human rights, is definitely the area that helps people the most because it not only helps the individual person or the individual set of people that you're helping, it also helps the entire community. You know, So your effect could be greater uh, than just your individual case. And that's why I, I didn't necessarily choose civil rights. Civil rights, in a way, chose me. And that's how I'm uh, practicing law. And I, I'm also somewhat, um, <coughs> excuse me, practicing some criminal defense because really when you think about when the Constitution was ratified, which was what, 1788, and then what, three years after the Bill of Rights was ratified in 17. Uh, 91. All these rights that we're talking about, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth and Seventh Amendment, even the Eighth Amendment, these are human rights, rights that are in, in, inalienable as uh, described by John Locke. And John Locke inspired our founders of this country immensely. 
So when we think about those rights, those rights that are God-given, those rights that are given to us when we're born, criminal law really protects those because what's greater than your freedom? What's more uh, prestigious or more righteous than you not being in prison or in jail? So I think civil rights, of course, is important, but then human rights vis-a-vis uh, -vis criminal law is also important. So understanding those concepts and really how those rights must be protected and not just protecting someone's money through commercial litigation or you know, representing someone in a family law matter, that's what distinguishes civil rights and human rights because it's the protection of the most precious rights in our society and the most precious rights in our existence. Mm, yes. When I, when I hear you talk about um, your desire for impact, whether when we were talking about the book for a moment or even when you're talking about the area of law that you chose, um, I'm hearing somebody who's uh, driven by um, altruism, right? You want to make um, the best possible impact um, in the purest possible way and in, in the way that um, that's felt the most from the community. And even as you talked about your goals, like you talked about, yeah, you, you described what you've done for yourself, that you've, you've achieved for yourself and your family. And then this next um, chapter, if you will, of, of your journey, it's all about the impact you make on the community. So again, it's, it's just encouraging seeing somebody who's in that space and striving to, uh, to make an impact. Um, I, I'm, I'm all about that. And, I, and it's, it's, it's encouraging being, being connected with somebody who, who has a similar, uh, similar drive and passion. Well, thank you for that. I think, you know, your role in this as well is amplifying those voices. So you're somewhat of a curator, you know, you see people who uh, may be doing good for the community or may actually be advancing a altruistic goal. And then what you do is you amplify that voice and then you connect it maybe even to a different set of people who may benefit from that person. So you're also part of this journey. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, no, it, it, it's, a, it's a distinct privilege to be able to showcase um, what people like you do and then being able to uh, showcase and, and give that an extra platform. Clearly, you know, you, you and Annie, I've seen some of, you know, the work with, you know, your partner. I, I forget the, um, uh, the, the, the guy I, I, I've seen you with over and over again. I think it's the gang expert um, on Instagram. Umberto, Umberto Guizar, yeah. There we go. He is he's a principal partner in my firm, uh, Gazar Henderson and Carrasco, but he's actually uh, the first lawyer I've, act, I've ever met. So that's an interesting story in and of itself. So, you know, coming from an impoverished background, uh, my mom, I think she didn't even graduate from middle school. So as an only child, uh, I didn't really grow up around that many people who were educated or who knew much about uh, the how the society operated, the law, and things of that nature, unlike other people who, you know, are around lawyers or parents are lawyers, I didn't have that privilege. So how I met Humberto was I would go to LA Fitness, the local gym, uh, mm -hmm. when I was roughly 18, and he would actually be there playing basketball, and basketball is one of my passions. Uh, you know, I, I was the captain of the varsity basketball team in my high school, and I still play regularly. And so I met him there playing basketball, and people would call him lawyer, and I'd be like, hmm, you know, is he really a lawyer? So mm -hmm. I went up to him and I said, hey, are you really a lawyer? He said, yeah. And like, I do civil rights. I do this and that. And like, you know, that was very inspirational because as a Latino, uh, I saw someone uh, who looked like me, right. who maybe had a similar trajectory as me mm -hmm. doing something that I really wanted to do. So after time, we built a relationship and I told him, can I go to law school? And he said, yes, I believe in you. That's something you could do. So 
I applied to law school, I got in, I graduated, I took the bar, passed it on my first time. And now I'm uh, one of Humberto's colleagues, you know, we are in a similar uh, footing and mm -hmm. we're advancing the interests of the community together. So that is uh, a wonderful story, I think, because we mm -hmm. have a, we have such a great relationship now. And, you know, he is definitely a mentor and someone who's been doing this for 35 years. So I'm 29 and he's been doing this much longer than I've been alive. So yes. having him as a role model and a mentor is important. And that's another uh, notion of success. Another yes. uh, way to advance success is mentorship. You know, you have to surround yourself with people who inspire you, who help you, who support you and allow you to become a better person. And I, that is mentorship because you can't do it by yourself. And I could attest to that fully, even though I feel like I am very individualistic because I'm an only child and because I enjoy solitude. Two is one and none is one. One is none, I mean. And what that means is you, you need partnerships, coalitions, and mentorships to really advance in your own trajectory and advance the goals of others. Because uh, with uh, support and other people, it's much easier to achieve goals. Yes, I, I love that. And, and, and having talked to a number of people, especially from the Latinx community, uh, I know a number of people have expressed that at times, you know, I mean, my mom shared it as well. My mom is, uh, you know, a, a relatively successful person here in, in, in Texas and San Antonio. And but 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 her saying in her experience, you know, her, you know, 59 years, she um, often would not see the Latinx community build each other up, lift each other up. But to hear you talk about um, your 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 passion behind mentorship and, and your gratitude um, um, for the mentor that you had and that came from a basketball game, which is a, which is a beautiful thing. And, it's, and see how that's developed. And, and, and I'm with you 100%. I think collaboration, um, for me, it, it, I've seen it trump competition over and over again. Just instead of seeing other people or other people's success as a threat, to see that, no, that's somebody that would be perfect to learn from, to collaborate with, and to be able to grow together. And that's what, that's what I'm seeing in you and your story with, um, uh, with your mentor there. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, you hit it right, you hit the nail right on the head. That's unfortunately, like you mentioned, sometimes in the Latinx community, the Latino community, it's very competitive because there isn't many of us, especially in the legal world. I think nationwide, the percentage of Latinos who are lawyers is 5%. So because there is that competition or that limited amount of resources, I think there is some adversarial aspects to it, but I think the more camaraderie we uh, actually build is another way to really propel uh, our communities and people like us because that's the only way we're going to persevere if we make it generational because one of the things that i've seen in this country is that of course the forefathers of course the people who found this country were in a certain situation and uh, then what they did is they had generational wealth through property, through money, through investments. And because the Latino experience is so unique, because part of the United States was formerly Mexico, then it we're not in a position where we could really have that privilege of generational wealth. Mm -hmm. So the more we're able to help Latinos, the more we're able to help people who are like us, I think it's easier for us uh, individually and as a whole to uh, progress and become better.
Yes. I love that. I love the, the concept of generational wealth. And I've had a number of, attor- of you know, Latinx attorneys um, on and we, we've dialogued about the concept. I remember um, I hadn't heard th- those two words next to each other, probably my first 30 years of life. But just getting but just starting to hear about it, the uh, generational wealth and what, what that you know, would have meant for, you know, what, what that would have been for me or my family. I re- and I remember looking up, you know, even the history of, of my last name and figuring out and seeing like, I just wanted to see more people successful, but uh, uh, the history of it, there's just more people that were doing blue collar work, labor work, again, nothing wrong with uh, labor, blue collar work. But sometimes, you, you know, you look over the history, you wish your people had uh, attained some sort of success early on. Now, I, I do want to get to, to, to um, cover one last question with you um, before we wrap up. If someone was listening okay. to this podcast and, and they were catching some of your passion, they said, you know what, I want to help Christian. I, w- I want to be a, be, a, be a support to what he's doing to support your cause. What would be some one or a few action items they could do to support what you're doing um, in the community um, as, a, as a civil rights attorney? What can the listeners do to support you? Well, the primary way a listener could support me is by supporting my organization, which is called Justice X. Justice X is a coalition of black and brown lawyers advancing black and brown interests and the interests of marginalized communities. It's pretty much our nonprofit law firm. And there, what we do is we're involved in a number of things, including a class action against the city of Los Angeles for the misclassification of hundreds, if not thousands of people as gang members or gang associates. We have an education initiative where we're going into impoverished communities to teach people, teach, teach youth about the law. We have a uh, protester defense alliance where we represent protesters pro bono uh, when they've been charged criminally for crimes related to protesting. And we just have a whole list of things that we're doing uh, to help the community. So if you could support our organization, Justice X, uh, either by you know following our page or uh, eventually maybe donating because it is a nonprofit that would really support me because, you know, this stuff is not easy. Sometimes it does require us to uh, give resources in a, diff- in a number of different ways. So even if you volunteer, that would be a, a good way to actually support me because we're always looking for people to help us in our different goals uh, that, that we're advancing. And another, another initiative that Uh, we're involved in is the homelessness initiative and there we've done a number of things this year including uh, moving to intervene in the federal lawsuit here in los angeles which is implicating the entire homeless population in the county here in los angeles county the homelessness population has skyrocketed it's at 66,433 currently well not currently as of the beginning of the year currently it exponentially has increased and the reason why we don't ha- don't have an accurate number as to the people affected is because of covid uh, which prevents a homelessness count but w- what we do know is that four people in los angeles county are dying a day four people a day which are affected by homelessness have been dying here in los angeles county so all these issues that are affecting us in this, these different levels and th- these different structures is what Justice X hopes to alleviate and hopes to address through our different initiatives. Got it. Okay. So, uh, so what I heard was whether that's volunteering, donating, sharing content, following 
all of those things can be a, a help and a support to, uh, to, to what you do. So I'll be sure to, to obtain yes. the, uh, the handle and the information from you so I can put those in the show notes so people know exactly um, where to find you and how to support what you're doing. So, but, but, but again, I want to say uh, thank you, uh, Christian, for, for joining the, the, the Strong Life Coach podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. If there's any other way we could collaborate, I'd be more than happy to do that. Maybe even at a later show in a panel or something like that. But, you know, thank you for your work as well. Like I said, you're amplifying voices that need to be amplified and you're helping the community in that way as well. So thank you so much for your work. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Of course, go over to the pod, the, the, the app, um, Apple Podcasts. Give us the five-star review over there. Be sure to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.